Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 176 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. India holds the Border Gavaskar trophy having won the last 3 test series between the teams including their breakthrough triumph down under in 2018-19 and another one on the road in 2020-21. Australian skipper Pat Cummins has gone on record as saying that a series win in India which Australia has achieved what just four times and most recently in 2004-5 is on par with the benchmark of Australia winning in Ashes. Will India retain the coveted Border Gavaskar trophy or will Australia end its losing streak? Australia's blockbuster four test series against India will be the greatest challenge that Pat Cummins has faced in his young captaincy career as he looks to conquer the final frontier in his country's proud cricketing battles. On the podcast to join us for this discussion we have Chinmay Kuchinar. He is a 24-year-old ardent cricket fan who's been working as a software developer at Robert Bosch. Having fallen in love with the game at a very young age, he takes a keen interest in the longest format of the game and is fascinated by its nuances. Hi Chinmay, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. How are you doing today? Hi Neha, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> right. So, you know, we have such an exciting series that awaits us. Now, India eyes the World Test Championship uh, final spot. Now, each uh, match in the series is so important and Australia is obviously seeking revenge, right? So, how excited are you for this series and you know the lead up, right? Has been pretty exciting. Yeah, like for a series as high profile as when you speak of Australia versus India, the hype is usually through the roof. And this traditional context, like you just said, that is of the World Test Championship final uh, spot at stake, mm-hmm. uh, especially for us, for Team India. So yeah, the, it just spices up the entire thing even more. So yeah, I cannot series wait for the series to commence and get to see the teams in action. Absolutely, and even if you observe right in the lead up. Uh... to the series in all the days that have progressed so far we have seen there's so much chatter about the wickets at home and you know how they favor spinners you know the whole narrative about the pitches you know being more favorable to subcontinent uh, spinners and everything so what do you yeah. make of this discourse uh yeah so starting with one thing i won't stick to the usual thing that we indian fans claim that you know uh, mm-hmm. the media doesn't pay enough attention to the pitches in england or australia and only pitches in india are questioned uh, that's not the case because the gabba test that happened last year the mm-hmm. australia versus south africa game you know and there were concerns from all sides that the that the paces there was uh, advantage to the pace undue advantage to the paces and batsmen from both sides suffered Mm-hmm. and even the wanderers test in 2018 the india versus south africa the third game yes. mm-hmm. where the where the players even temporarily stopped during the third innings you know there have been concerns in the past but the mm-hmm. thing is uh, as long as uh, you know a side isn't getting any undue advantage i think i think we should be fine with this mm-hmm. and uh, the thing with uh, you know the complaints is the notion of pitches turning from day one are somehow considered preposterous Right, especially mm-hmm. when that happens in india so whenever the pitch whenever there is a hint of turn in the first session you can see tweets coming in from the ex saying you know this this can't be happening but mm-hmm. but i don't see the reasoning behind that because okay so what we are saying is that there shouldn't be any undue advantage to any team mm-hmm. okay but the thing is without these pitches without these uh, turners or square turners as they claim uh, 
the pitches in india they have a, a progression okay so mm-hmm. the normal uh, undoctored pitches that is say the normal indian pitches the way the things are the first two to three days nothing happens okay so mm-hmm. if you win the toss you bat first you pile on the runs and then you declare by the end of second day or at the beginning of third day mm-hmm. and then you just wait for the wicket to crumble so uh, whoever wins the toss has an advantage there okay that is in case of the usual wickets mm-hmm. but in these sporting wickets that have been presented over the last decade or so or ever since virat kohli took uh, took charge so as long as you have spinners who can take advantage of the conditions and as long as you have uh, batsmen who are capable of combating uh, the turn that is on offer then it makes for a good viewing so mm-hmm. when whenever we have had these equal sides equal in the sense uh, on a technical standpoint be it england or australia whenever we have had sides who have come well prepared you know who, mm-hmm. who have known what to expect so whenever they have to be such pitches have made for great cricket so i don't see uh, anything wrong with uh, us offering such pitches absolutely i agree with the, you know the points you bring up there but often you know when we talk about indian pitches everyone's complaining that hey you know it favors spinners but when we go abroad we don't uh, complain as much and even you know uh, the whole uh, context of how ashwin is so dominant at home we saw how australia uh, you know hired a baroda under 19 spinner you know who pretty much bowls like him with that same action to acclimatize themselves to you know face ashwin so what did you make of it mind games already before the uh, real deal I think more than mind games that makes me happy. So I think the bowler is Mahesh Pitya, the one you're talking mm-hmm. about, the Baroda spinner who has been picked by the Australian team because of his, you know, resemblance of his action with Ravichandra Rajkin. Mm-hmm. So one thing is that okay, we can be happy that our lead spinner is constantly on the hits. They know they know what to expect <laughs> from Ashwin. Yeah. You know, it's good. Uh, yeah, like four Test match series, and uh, he had to miss out on the Gabba Test in Australia. Mm-hmm. But this time he'll make sure he'll be there for for the entire duration, mm-hmm. and they know what to expect. and you know for uh, for a long time like you mentioned this this uh, what can i say this uh, uh, motion against ashwin that mm-hmm. he only performs well on these home pitches not just home pitches pitches where there is help for him mm-hmm. and he is pretty much useless overseas so that's the uh, conception uh, yeah, that yeah. prevailed and, and this is sadly feared by some of our past players too for some mm-hmm. of our indian players to saying you know if we had similar conditions we would have performed better mm-hmm. but i think over the past of since 2018 i think those twin dismissals of alistair cook in 2018 very bowled him through the gates in england yeah. and yeah and I, and he sadly got injured after the first match and he couldn't you know mm-hmm. carry on uh, but uh, the australian series in 2020 and 2021 you know mm-hmm. 2021 that the border gavaskar series and just uh, watching him uh, it was uh, as a viewer watching the game i was scared because this was pretty much legacy defining a player mm-hmm. who's uh, who's entering his mid 30s he w- he won't get to play as many overseas uh, tours as much mm-hmm. and the way he performs in that series was pretty much going to define how people remember ashwin Mm-hmm. and he outpoured uh, nathan line in that series using those angles those things yeah. and uh, St- steel smith and labushan had grown tired of ashwin by the time you know <laughs> we landed at sydney mm-hmm. so i think yeah so this is like a compliment and them doing that is understandable that is uh, a particular bowler because if you remember in 2015 mm-hmm. before the world cup uh, before our opening game against pakistan so mm-hmm. pakistan then had mohammad irfan the seven yes, foot uh, yes yes yeah and the thing is we left hand left armer is uh, is a problem for indians but a left armer mm-hmm. who who you know who is 7 foot tall <laughs> yeah. 
it's a whole different yeah uh, mm. to contend with so i think i remember reading news and i just confirmed it before before the podcast because mm-hmm. it sounds crazy but uh, <laughs> virat kohli rohit sharma dhawan we, we had throwdowns you know the throwdown experts they were standing yeah, on yeah. three stools yeah to make sure we had those simulations so yeah mm-hmm. so that's just the respect that's been given so i'm happy so as long as mahesh pitya tells the management what is bowling them so i think we're good to go <laughs> right and you know talking of legends too we have rohit sharma right now he's a bonafide white ball legend and uh, he will you know face his biggest test as india's red ball skipper there's often you know criticism that hey in any of the sena tests he's always injured or you know not featuring but this time he's going to be the skipper right against a determined australian side which you know presents themselves as real competitors they're hungry for revenge and uh, what are your thoughts on you know him uh, leading the side and you know just presenting his best version yeah so i think when it comes to rohit sharma let me just start with rohit sharma as a player hmm. because yeah he has been elevated to the captaincy role in the past year or so but we shouldn't forget that till 2019 when he was promoted to being an opener hmm. he he didn't even have a you know sure spot in the test lineup so hmm. he had to fight for that and rohit sharma in test has been a frustrating player during the course of his career yeah. there was always you could you could see that you know he had those uh, good looking 20 25s and then he uh, threw his wicket away that was mm-hmm. the story of his career and now he has added responsibility and yeah since uh, since he uh, became the full time skipper of the test team that is in february 2022 mm-hmm. i think this a startling stat is that he has played only two of the 10 tests that india have played since then mm-hmm. okay only two out of 10 and uh, so so there's not anything that we can associate with the rohit sharma testing like with mm-hmm. virat kohli we had the pacers who have who hunted in packs and we had the spinners to back them up but if you ask someone what the rohit sharma template is there is no template because there is hardly been a sample space to mm-hmm. uh, to decide that yeah. but the thing with captains is that legacies of a captain you know as much as these big games these big moments are what define their legacies Mm-hmm. and in india captains are remembered more for their failures at times like for mm-hmm. example we have a coach rahul dravid so under his captaincy our odi team transformed into one of the best chasing teams in the world mm-hmm. between 2005 to 6 but if you ask anyone about dravid's captain system the, the people will remember him for india crashing out in the 2007 world cup yeah yeah so so that's how it will be so if rohit sharma he inspires this team to the world test championship final which is very much in sight mm-hmm. uh, and then wins this uh, WTC final to subsequently, which is which, which pretty much uh, looks to be against the same opposition. Mm-hmm. Then no one will remember these stats that he played. You no know, two tests between February 2022 and 2023. Mm-hmm. He'll just be the captain who won us the WTC. So yeah, his legacy is very much at stake, and I think he'll be well uh, aware of that fact. Absolutely, and you know we have such a you know skipper with you know with his head or right on his shoulders leading the team so well. But even if you look at India's uh, squad overall, you know for the series, what were some of your uh, major takeaways? You know, did you see anyone missing out? Are you happy with the squad? Uh, to be honest, I think for the first time in the last eight or nine years, I'm scared looking at the squad because oh. the batting the batting doesn't inspire confidence okay. with uh, with Ayer and Pant missing. Hmm. So since 2021, they have been our best batters in Asia, hmm. uh, both uh, Pant and Ayer. So Pant has been pretty much everywhere. He has carried our batting for the past two, three years. Hmm. And uh, Ayer, ever since his uh, introduction into the Test team, which I was not a huge fan of in the first place, hmm. because of his, you know, because of his documented shortcomings against the uh, pacey uh, deliveries. 
but he has been our mainstay even in bangladesh he 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 knows how to handle the pressure well and uh, uh, and you know uh, move the scoring mm-hmm. along and yeah. what worries me more is the averages of pujara and kohli in the same time period that is yes. since 2021 mm-hmm. so pujara has an average of 34.61 which is okay but if you know pujara that is substandard you know in mm-hmm. subcontinent conditions and virat's i don't know it is 23.8 which is i don't know virat i think uh, i never thought we would be at this stage but this series could very well be do or die for him you know mm-hmm. if for, over the course of these four games if we don't see a marked improvements from his side then you know there might be uh, questions on his place mm-hmm. uh, apart from that yeah our bowling our bowling looks impeccable because we, uh, i think uh, jadeja and uh, ashwin are pretty much nailed on as starters mm-hmm. and our pace battery is better than ever we have shami siraj and umesh fully yeah. and we have unatkar to just to give a hint of variety so bowling lineup looks pretty much settled our lower middle order looks settled but top order yeah unless they fire well we are in trouble so right those are actually some uh, valid concerns you bring but even when we look at the keeper uh, spot right now we have bharat whose ability as a keeper is quite impressive you know if you see the domestic uh, cricket circuit but you know despite that triple 100 at the ranji level one isn't you know quite sure about his capabilities as a batter while facing high quality test match bowling because we're talking about the australian team here right so what do you think you know will uh, india probably want to go with him or do they want to experiment with uh, you know ishan kishan so what do you think it's going to look like yeah so i think at the risk of sounding blunt when i look at this squad we have just one keeper there and that is ks parath yeah uh, ishan kishan when it comes to red ball cricket he hasn't uh, kept in a red ball game since december 2021 mm-hmm. okay so which is against south africa a and i think i remember reading an article on cricket for back then where there was a para dedicated to his blunders in that game <laughs> and it is and it is not meant to you know bring him down or something because mm-hmm. he is electric on the field when he is fielding he is brilliant he's just not been used to that role and keeping you know keeping for 20 overs in t20 is different you mm-hmm. hardly have instances where you know it tests the keeper mm-hmm. and i know this argument has been made with pant and saha a lot uh, in mm-hmm. the past you know if we go with a better batter or with a better keeper yeah. and even there so when you look at the first class averages you have uh, ks bharat who averages 38 and kishan who averages 38.8 mm-hmm. okay you're not going to go with that uh, decimal difference mm-hmm. and just because and the thing is we are kind of blinded by the punch factor and mm-hmm. that's not a b- bad thing at all because he's is like a once in a lifetime phenomena who's taken this thing by storm and i think we have uh, since we have since he's out and we have a keeper who's left handed and he's attacking we i think it is kind of natural uh, of us to expect him to fill uh, fill his boots you know yeah. when he's away but but uh, no but i don't think so and even msk prasad yesterday said that you know given the way uh, bharat's progression has proceeded mm-hmm. over the last 4 5 years he was supposed to take the mantle after saha in 2018 itself mm-hmm. but then he was sidestepped by pant back then mm-hmm. okay but i i hope the selectors aren't you know they don't continue the sidestepping game and bring kishan in mm-hmm. but uh, as far as as far as i am concerned this should be a straight up choice so bharat slots into the team both uh, because of his abilities as a wicket keeper and mm-hmm. even with his batting he is not yeah he's he can make valuable contributions down the order Right, I mean that's a good point uh, that you bring up. But even when Rishabh Pant was handed over wicket keeping duties, uh, 
there was still some concern on his skill and everything but still india opted for him because you know he offers you uh, that extra batting option you know quicker runs and with, yeah. you know this whole concept of baseball coming up you know quick runs needed the uh, <laughs> scoring rates have increased so you know will having someone like a pocket dynamite like ishan kishan actually help india's prospects and you know should india experiment with him probably later on in the series when they're more settled or they have a comfortable you know lead of 3-0 or so yeah actually you bringing in this question related to baseball actually helps me bring sky into the equation also uh-huh. because i had somehow ignored him totally <laughs> sky and ishan kishan i think they have been included in the team to fill the punch sized hole that we have currently yeah okay so that is so especially on square turners and even ravi shastri his uh, yesterday i was just reading a piece from him where he was arguing that you know sky should be in the team and the argument that he presented made sense so on a square turner okay the, any batter can be undone by a pitch at any time no matter mm-hmm. how technically mm-hmm. gifted he is okay all it needs is one good delivery and we saw that with pujara in australia and yeah. not on a turner i say on a sporting track so that's what happens so it only makes sense for a batsman to go after runs during the stay at the crease you know with some day delivery mm-hmm. and this template fits exactly into what we have seen from surikumar yadav in t20s uh, mm-hmm. in the recent past and ishan kishan is known as a left you know as a, as that too but then okay but the uh, the pop, the common misconception that we have uh, about rishabh pant in this format especially is that mm-hmm. you know uh, because of what we have seen in t20s where he, uh, he somehow gets woefully out of shape and slogs across the line stuff mm-hmm. so we have this uh, misconception that he's a blind slogger but if you pick out his key innings like say gabba innings okay so uh, so on the four day track his, his half century came of 100 balls there mm-hmm. you know it's not just it's his game awareness that makes him stand out mm-hmm. and and with ishan kishan i'm not sure that is the case because even if you uh, like in uh, surikumar yadav's case you could at least say that okay he's doing well in t20s mm-hmm. he can take down spinners he can take down uh, batters and can get you a few quick runs so you can uh, extrapolate that form into test so that mm-hmm. might be an argument okay fine but with ishan kishan except that uh, double century in bangladesh okay and it's not fair to say except that double century but outside that <laughs> performance mm-hmm. there has been nothing to inspire confidence so oh. i mean out, outside stats you have the eye test right like every time you see him bat mm-hmm. you see the pitch being slow or the ball holding up a bit and you see ishan kishan stranded mm-hmm. so i don't think i don't think going with him would uh, help us in that regard Fair enough, and you know this will be a big uh, conundrum even for the management. But looks like you know they will uh, back Bharat for the role. But uh, even when we look at India's uh, pace bowling lineup right now, it looks so fierce. We have uh, you know Mohammad Siraj and uh, Shami, who will obviously be very key and integral to India's prospects. So you know, are you looking forward to you know see them bowling in tandem? And yeah, basically, what are your takeaways from that pace bowling department? yeah i think uh, as much as the team might be uh, team management might be tempted to play shammi and siraj together i would mm-hmm. still like to see umesh and shammi for you know one last uh, dance or something because <laughs> with uh, with umesh yadav yeah the first thing is it's his home ground mm-hmm. nagpur and yeah. that that does factor in a lot and the thing is on these tracks like if you remember the 2015 series i think it was i about whose uh, stumps were uprooted by Shab- mm-hmm. by umesh so it's his speciality on wickets you know on 
where there are uh, specks of dust uh, exploding every now mm-hmm. and then where the ball tends to stay low every now and then he bowls at the stumps and he's a valuable asset on these pitches mm-hmm. and but the thing with him is he needs to avoid those looseness every now and then because you know we can't let the batsmen uh, batsmen to get away on pitches like these mm-hmm. but barring that yeah umesh i think umesh might uh, pip siraj in that regard you know given his experience uh, on these pitches and shammi if he is fully fit i think he just walks into the pitch mm. sorry uh, walks into the lineup because uh, in india what we have seen in the past couple of years is that day one tends to be a bit more harder to bat compared to day 2 3 and 4 mm. okay so there is a little zip you know there are lots of wickets on offer and we have seen what shammi uh, does on those wickets on yeah. indian wickets in particular you know just pre pandemic in 2019 when we had those bangladesh and uh, south africa series he was mm-hmm. ripping stumps left right and center so shammi will walk in and i think it's it has to be between umesh and siraj either way i'm fine with it but yeah i think i think umesh might make make the cut and not to forget unath kat so mm-hmm. you know uh, if we need some variety down the line so even he can be a viable option yeah i think that's again going to be quite an interesting thing to you know uh, look forward to tomorrow but uh, even when we look at uh, another big decision that rohit sharma would have to do is to choose between akshar patel and kuldeep yadav although you know akshar patel looks like the favorite to get the nod because we remember his phenomenal performances in that test series uh, versus england uh, you know during the pandemic that was just nothing short of spectacular but uh, there's also a theory that you know india might want to go with a spin heavy attack and you might have uh, ashwin you know handed the new ball so how do you see uh, you know the spin department play out because you know there's just so much uh, talk about it yeah so i think uh, i'll start with addressing this uh, four spinner strategy that that mm-hmm. is doing the round somewhere uh, i think i personally feel that might be an overkill because mm-hmm. if you saw the bangladesh series recently akshar patel was underbold okay and it Absolutely, was not yeah. because uh, yeah he was underbold massively and it is not because you know he was all over the place or something but mm-hmm. uh, the biggest the biggest boon that we have uh, when it comes to our spin department is that our, our uh, attacking threats have immaculate control mm-hmm. that is in this case uh, ashwin and jadeja like if you usually see players with you know with uh, nice strike rates beat uh, your star or someone else mm-hmm. they tend to waver with their lines their lengths in search of wickets and stuff but mm-hmm. when you have someone as solid as ashwin and jadeja okay in a session of 28 overs you can expect them to bowl at least 20 22 you know they mm-hmm. can tie up one end and there's hardly uh, a space for another pacer to sneak in or your third spinner might get a go in or something mm-hmm. and on a raging turner i think less is more i think three will do the job four might mm-hmm. be an overkill and when it comes to the third spinner when it comes to akshar versus kuldeep so control versus mystery so uh, from the signs that are coming in i think the pitch uh, it is going to be a turner it might fall apart there might be a sm- slight smattering of grass here and there then mm-hmm. puffs of dust so usually if you see our track record we have gone with gone with control over mystery in these conditions mm-hmm. like when we played jayant yadav during the duration of our last home series yeah. uh, the third bowler we go for control so that is what mm-hmm. akshar is uh, you know he embodies so and that when the bounce starts varying i think he'll be uh, way more dangerous he might be our most dangerous spinner when that happens so i think it will be akshar <laughs> and that's a side uh, you know we would absolutely love to see but uh, yeah. if, 
even when you talk about Rohit Sharma now, uh, earlier too we spoke about him. Now he unfortunately missed a lot of important test matches uh, against the bigger teams. It was either due to injuries or you know illness and all. But I think he would be looking to you know emulate his predecessor, that is Kohli, in you know leading the team to another World Test Championship finals. But realistically and you know objectively too, can India make it to the finals? Do you think Australia is going to like challenge? India enough, you know, uh, ensure the series goes to two all or is it going to be a four little clean sweep? What do you think? Uh, like personally, as much as I want to see a 4-0 clean, clean sweep, I don't see that happening. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, so so to the World Test Championship Finals, we have three more test series to go, which is India, Australia, New Zealand, Sri Lanka and South Africa, West mm-hmm. Indies. So we will be paying key attention to this New Zealand, Sri Lanka series because if Sri Lanka win 2-0, mm-hmm. so only then we will need to uh, whitewash the Aussies to get into the WTC finals. Mm-hmm. So if Sri Lanka win just one game and draw the other, we'll just need to win the series by any match. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and this series is, you know, it's taking place in New Zealand. So this might sound outlandish when I claim Sri Lanka might win 1-0 2-0 because, you know, New Zealand <laughs> at home yeah. are a formidable opposition and Absolutely. they are the holding WTC champions. Mm-hmm. But uh, we must not forget the fact that New Zealand haven't won a single test series since the WTC win in 2021. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and they lost to Bangla last Jan at home, so I don't mm-hmm. know that it might happen or not. And coming to our own uh, these things, so realistically, even if Sri Lanka might manage to, I don't see them clean sweeping uh, New Zealand in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with the one zero scenario. So India might just need to win the series. Mm-hmm. So with the batting, I don't know. I'm trying to be optimistic here. I hope they win <laughs> the series, mm-hmm. but it is going to be tough. Yeah, it is going to be tough. Fair enough. And uh, what do you think is the ideal, uh, you know, playing eleven that India can opt for? Like, this is the best team that you could come up with. Okay, so yeah, so my ideal eleven. Okay, I'll uh, I'd open with uh, Rohit and KL Rahul. Okay, uh, and. Uh, uh, Chetishwar Pujara at three, uh, Virat at four, Gill at five, mm-hmm. then Bharat, Jadeja, Ashwin, Akshar, and then my uh, two paces would be Shabmi and Omesh. Hmm. And I think the, all the other reasons have been explained. So it's only about Gil and Rahul. So with Ayer being out, yeah. So like I said, there was a temptation hmm, to hmm. play Surikumar Adav as that uh, that enforcer role. But I would still, you know, uh, take the more conservative approach with that. Hmm. And uh, Shubman Gil at number five, it's if for the longest time I've wanted that. You know, he's a stroke maker in the mold of Kohli and Tendulkar. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, huge pressure, yes. But when you have someone, you know, who's who's uh, who, who's stroke heavy, wants to uh, make runs constantly, opening in test cricket. So no matter what mm-hmm. the conditions are, no matter how flat the pitch is, opening in test cricket is meant to uh, curb your shot making instinct. Hmm. You know, and KL Rahul with his watchfulness. You know, he has both been praised for his watchfulness, and there have been a load of memes on Twitter too. You know, there have been both sides to that. But Rahul and his watchfulness is what we need at the top. Hmm. So I think Gil can play at five, and uh, and he can uh, get the big runs. That's what I feel. Right. I mean, that does look like a, a very formidable playing eleven that can actually uh, present themselves as good competitors uh, to Australia. And now, you know, we've spoken so much about India. So let's, you know, divert our focus and talk about Australia. So now when you look at Australia, you know, the back-to-back series defeats in their own den, you know, in the 2018-19 or the 2020-21 series have certainly hurt them, right? And uh, Pat Cummins obviously is coming with a mission in mind that they would have revenge and they would certainly want to do it in the Indian conditions here. So how would you rate Australia's squad for the series and what were your takeaways at that announcement? 
yeah so the australian side on paper looks formidable so mm. especially the batting okay so the batting looks formidable because they have steve smith they have labushan they have khawaja who is interestingly uh, has never played a test match in india mm. and uh, david warner he doesn't have the greatest of records here but you know they uh, you know on paper so that's why i said they, on paper they have a formidable lineup mm-hmm. but the thing is that potential first 11 could have six players who have never played a game in india so far you know including the likes <laughs> yeah. of kawaja or labushan yeah and when you play in india so i think uh, some of them might have played in pakistan in the re- uh, in the recent series last year or mm-hmm. in uae or sri lanka but i think even from the players uh, from what they say what they say that is uh, you know you can't match up to playing an actual test match in india even if you have played in other places in the subcontinent it doesn't actually add up to that so mm-hmm. lack of experience might be a factor but we know how they performed last time they had yeah. renshaw they even had maxwell chip in with a century at ranchi so we can't rule them out and steve smith i know i don't i, I don't know he's like he's he's like the uh, you know we we somehow contained him last time i think he mm-hmm. averaged mid 30s last time around even with the century mm-hmm. but steve smith yeah the threat looms <laughs> right and even if you look at the australian team right they're loaded with left handers and you have four of them in the form of david warner usman khwaja then travis head and alex carey i think they're more certain to play as well now you have two right handers in the form of smith and uh, manus labushain but in uh, you know cameron green's absence the choice for an additional batter will i think like stem between peter hanscom and matt renshaw but even in general right how settled uh, does the batting look and what order would they want to go with that batting yeah i think like you said uh, the top 6 is pretty uh, the top 6 is pretty much nailed on so they have warner mm-hmm. they have kawaja labushan smith uh, travis said okay so and alex carey yeah. pretty much nailed on and matt renshaw he played the last game so when cam uh, cam green was unavailable he played the last game against south africa hmm. but i think there have been reports emerging that due to this uh, you know due to this peculiar spot that's being left outside the left uh, left handers off stump on mm-hmm. the nagpur pitch i don't know uh, how, how much true that is mm-hmm. but there might be a temptation to go with peter hanscom and and not to forget he he played well during the last uh, series year mm-hmm. and even in the odi leg like, like in 2019 his returns were pretty good mm-hmm. but you know uh, i think that might be a factor because uh, given that uh, that that slot is going to be taken up by an additional batting reinforcement mm-hmm. so this these permutation might come into play and it might be valid to with the ashwin threat you can't just feed him five left handers and ask him to have a go at them mm-hmm. so i think peter hanska might edge out uh, matter in showing that regard right and even when we you know look at ashton agar right now he is someone who's known for his uh, lower order batting abilities i mean no one can forget that uh, dream debut he had in that ashes yep. series and uh, do you think you know he will get the nod and uh, be you know nathan lyons uh, spin partner ahead of uh, you know mitchell swepson and even uh, scott boland is someone who is certain to make it to the team so what are your thoughts on like the bowling attack and what combination could they probably opt for yeah so i think uh, nathan lyon and pat cummins they present a huge threat to our indian batters mm-hmm. but if there is any chink in their armor it has it happens to be the second spinner slot i mean last time steve okip he came out of nowhere and direct havoc yeah. at pune but uh, and i think uh, three four days going into this test match i was pretty much sure that ashton agar is going to be playing the second spinner's role or mm-hmm. it's going to be a michael swepson but i have been reading up reports that todd murphy is pretty much you know it's oh. out of nowhere he's 
he is supposed to start tomorrow and he is an off spinner mm-hmm. a neralded off spinner but i think yeah i think it's a new new bowler that uh, we indians are not going to forget for a long time so mm-hmm. that might be the case but even in that case we might, we just can't expect him to drop into the 11 and you know pull out a match winning performance mm-hmm. the second spinner is something that the indians can't target and even the paces that's yeah hazelwood and uh, mitstark being out it is a huge uh, bonus to our uh, indian fortunes because uh, if you see the stats of foreign bowlers who do well in india so no matter how the pitches are the foreign uh, the overseas bowlers who uh, bowlers who do well in india are the pacers pacers mm-hmm. with pace you know with a uh, high pace and although uh, hazelwood might be termed as someone who sticks to line and length he still clocks in the early 140s mm-hmm. so which is enough to upset our batters you know on on these pitches so i think they'll be breathing a huge sigh of relief that these two have been ruled out but you know scott boland i think this will be the first time he'll be uh, playing outside australia yes i think mm-hmm. he was in the squad uh, in the pakistan or sri lanka series but i didn't mm-hmm. think don't think he got a game but yeah scott boland might get a debut but yeah there is there is a chance uh, for the indians to exploit these loopholes but pat comments and nathan line will uh, uh, play crucial roles i feel absolutely and what do you think you know is the ideal playing eleven that australia can opt for i mean they have a brilliant squad we've spoken so much about you know we looked at their batting and the bowling but uh, thoughts on an ideal playing eleven yeah so my openers would be uh, kawaja david warner followed mm-hmm. by labushan uh, steel smith travis head uh, alex carey and uh, peter hanscom so my bowlers would be uh, scotty boland Ashton Agar, Nathan Lyon, and mm-hmm. uh, Ad Cummins, and uh, I'm going with Ashton Agar because you know, honestly, uh, this Murphy thing, I'm not sure. Like, I haven't seen much of him, so I don't mm-hmm. know what he offers. So, although he might make the cut, so Ashton Agar, like you said, he is uh, his contributions with the batter. You know, they're well known. Is 99 mm-hmm. or something or debut? I guess yeah. Yeah. So I think Ashton Agar, Ashton, and that uh, is something that you lower order contributions are something that you need to count on when you uh, mm-hmm. when you are a touring side in india so i think that might make sense and yeah and one thing i forgot is the alex carey threat you know ah. because uh, of all the of all the overseas batters that have done well in india right mm-hmm. so the one common factor that you see is that they've all employed the sweet shots well mm-hmm. so be it uh, uh, hayden or peterson or alistair cook or root recently mm-hmm. and alex carey he is well versed both conventional sweep as well as reverse sweeps hmm. and uh, since that pakistan tour last year he's he's averaged 65 with the bat and he's someone who can get the runs quick so he's like their their own version of rishabh pant okay mm-hmm. so i think yeah his his threat looms too he he might be crucial because uh, you know with with tim pain they had someone who gave them stability and solidity down the order but with alex carey they have you know they have someone who can uh, cause serious damage in a short time so yeah we need to be very open to right and uh, even when you look at some of the matchups right now we have discussed at length about the indian squad and the aussie squad but any matchups that you're particularly looking forward to yeah i think uh, the one thing would be rohit sharma versus the spinners <laughs> so it's not uh, so i'm not uh, okay with virat kohli i'm a bit concerned that nathan line might cause him problems because you know i think mm-hmm. it has been spoken at length how he's having issues uh, picking up yeah. the lengths of the spinners and you know and but with rohit sharma that's not my concern and it's it's going to be whether he'll be able to control himself mm-hmm. because we have seen that so even with a long gone or a deep mid wicket in place he goes after them you know mm-hmm. and the the dimensions of indians indian uh, grounds aren't you know aren't uh, 
an issue to Rohit Sharma in from. So, so I need. Uh, so I think that that will be an interesting li- uh, lineup matchup. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and the second thing, the one I'm sad about missing out on is Hazel Wood versus Cheteshwar Pujara, because whenever <laughs> India and Australia meet. I mean that that uh, snippet from Hazelwood comes to my head. You know, yeah. where he's despising Pujara for not getting out. But yeah. But now I think uh, Pujara versus Australia in general. Okay, mm-hmm. so he has been he has been uh, I, I, much of the narrative has um, been about you know Virat Kohli being Australia's nemesis. Mm-hmm. But I think outside that 2014 series, Virat Kohli hasn't been all that you know effective against Australia because mm-hmm. even in that 2018-19 series, he averaged 38 or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Pujara, on the other hand, he has you know he has single he has not single-handedly, but he has been the major factor. Uh, in us winning three yeah, consecutive yeah. Uh, yeah border gavaskar series in a row hmm. so pujara will be crucial and he he looks to have regained some form in the bangladesh tour so i'm looking forward to that and then yeah steve smith versus ashwin that always has to <laughs> yeah. be there and given the extensive preparations that have gone you know hmm. gone through now and then not a matchup in particular but i'm very excited to see how labushan does in india he's the number one batter after all and for a long time <laughs> yeah. you know so whenever icc posted something you could see comments on indians uh, under that asking him to come to india and face a bowlers <laughs> so i think finally get to see that absolutely it's going to be an asset test for him and uh, will be quite fascinating to you know see him go in our subcontinent conditions and uh, last but not the least what's your final take on who's uh, you know probably going to win the series yeah i just want to say you know that uh, this is going to be hard and uh, i think this will mirror the Results last time around, so mm-hmm. I'm going for a two-one victory. Okay. So uh, in Delhi, uh, Delhi, I'm not uh, sure how the pitch will play, so mm-hmm. I think that might be the draw in this. But I'm going for two-one India. Okay, that's quite interesting. And before we wrap up the episode, Chinmay, do you have any final thoughts or a message for our listeners? Yeah. So. Uh, given the social media coverage about the pitches and stuff so i just <laughs> i just uh, i just uh, hope or expect people to zone everything out mm-hmm. just start fresh tomorrow and i think for the uh, for the duration of the next month enjoy some of the best cricketing action that will be on display through 2023 so this will mm-hmm. be the advertisement for test cricket in general so let's just enjoy uh, everything that we get to witness so yeah absolutely and uh, on that note Thank you so much, Chinmay, you know, for joining me on the podcast on such short notice and uh, sharing some remarkable insights. I'm so grateful, you know, that we had this chat and you were so uh, brilliant with your observations and everything. Here's hoping I can have you back on the podcast and until next time, take care and bye. Thank you, Neha. Thank you so much listeners for tuning into this episode and for your unstinted support throughout. Please follow and press the bell icon on Spotify and subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts for the latest episode updates and stay tuned. Do check out at the rate never on the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never on the back foot on Twitter for the latest facts, terminology, retweets, fresh tweets and a lot more that's coming up this cricket season just for you. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Until next time, stay safe and take care listeners. Bye for now.